Hello and welcome to our third episode of Boopa's Healthy Me podcast. Whether it's wanting to exercise more, lose a few pounds or improve your diet, are you among the millions of people out there who are setting goals but find yourself falling off the wagon? In our conversation today, we're going to look at setting goals, sticking to goals and how to bounce back when change becomes a bit tricky. So my name's Tina Gwynevans, I head up Booper's Charitable Foundation, and today I'm joined by two guests who can introduce themselves. Hi, so my name's Leah Rollins, um, and I work as part of the Senior Health Advisor team within Booper Health Clinics. So I lead on the training for our health advisor teams on how to apply the theories of behaviour change um, and also health coaching. Uh, I've got over 14 years experience working within healthcare, and I'm currently a healthcare practitioner. Um, So I work one-to-one with individuals, um, helping them uh, or supporting them to make changes to their behaviours to improve their health and well-being. Um, And so really I'm here from how we put the theories into into life. Great. And Lauren? Hello everyone. Uh, I'm Lauren and I work in the Behavioural Insights team here at Booper. Um, I'm an organisational psychologist by background with a Master's from University College London. And in the Behavioural Insights team we work across a range of projects to improve health and wellbeing through an evidence-based and scientific approach. So Behavioural Insights really helps us to understand how people actually behave rather than how we think they behave. So first of all, let's talk about setting goals. Why, when we set goals, do so many of us start with really grand resolutions and then end up falling off the wagon? In my own case, for example, um, I can often lose weight, but it's quite hard to keep it off. I guess it's not all doom and gloom. So do you have any examples of positive uh, examples of sticking to it? Yeah, I mean, I think I can certainly draw on my own personal experience, Tina, there. Um, So um, I um, practice yoga now, um, and I never used to practice yoga at all. I never used to stretch. Um, I come from a a sports rehabilitation background, so I know the importance of stretching, but I always used to find it really difficult to do that. Um, I think part of the reason that is that I never used to enjoy static stretching. Um, In terms of what uh, initially motivated me to start yoga, um, I had an injury, so I was talking to a physio, and she basically said, you need to do some stretching. So I thought, right, well, I've got to take myself in hand here. I've got to do something about this. Um, So it got me thinking about, well, how can I build it into my day-to-day routine that doesn't feel too too much like hard work? Um, So essentially what I did is I um, just decided to do five minutes of yoga when I got in off the bike after mm-hmm. cycling in and, in and out from work um, and five minutes soon turned into 10 minutes which turned into 15 minutes and 20 minutes and yes I don't do it every day now but I consistently do it three or four times a week um, so I use an app to do my yoga as well which okay. I find really effective yeah. um, and now I love it um, so for me it was all about building that habit but starting really small um, and yeah I'd recommend yoga to anyone as well. Falling off the wagon happens to everyone. Um, it's something that we see in New, New Year's resolutions. So quite often, you know, half of people who have set the goal um, in January have often fallen off the wagon by the start of February. And then secondly, if you've heard of the TV show, The Biggest Loser, so one research study actually followed up some contestants who'd been on this show. And it found that six years later on, um, most people weighed more than they had at the start of the show. So we know that it happens to the best mm. of us. Mm. Um, even if you've got really good intentions, 
we can fall off that yeah. wagon. And I, I think certainly from uh, you know from working with individuals, yeah. um, I see it quite quite a lot. You know that they'll have had a goal and they'll be working really well towards it, progressing really well, and then a life event will happen. Yeah. It might be Christmas, it might be a holiday, it might be you know as, as something which is more of a challenging life event, and often that's the spanner in the works. Yeah. Um, and it's about recognizing that that's okay. You know that happens to the best of us. It's how we recover from that right. which is important. Uh-huh. And I guess that's where the behavioural science can can help us to think about how we go about that. Yeah. Leah, drawing on um, your experience as a health practitioner and on the people that you see for health coaching, can you give some examples of areas where people would typically want to set goals? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, just some gen- some generalised data that we have um, from Bupatina around um, about 57% of individuals tend to choose a goal which is linked to physical activity. Okay. Um, I'd say the second most common is uh, weight loss. Right. And so reducing BMI. So they're probably the two uh, biggest areas, but it will really vary um, depending on the individual. You know, we'll, we'll talk to, to people around giving up smoking. It might be improving sleep, stress management. So there's a whole different range of areas that people choose to set goals in. Okay. And Lauren, we've all heard of examples of people falling off the wagon, but from a behavioural science perspective, um, why do you think goals are so difficult to stick to? Is it because people set the wrong goals or are we not setting realistic goals or is our approach to goal setting quite quite simply wrong well i think there's a real art and science to goal setting that most people sort of underestimate or don't realize um and that quite often people start with goals that are way too vague and too broad um, and it doesn't specify what we actually need to do in in that goal so you gave an example earlier of, of losing weight and to do losing weight you might have to exercise more you might have to eat a bit less so what is it that we're actually talking about in that goal what are we getting at so I think that's that's the first hurdle um, and Leah I'm sure you you see that in your clinic as well that yeah absolutely um, you know quite often it'll just be right well I want to increase my fitness right but obviously that isn't an action it's not a physical action that we can do so how do we go about increasing fitness so it might be that you take a 10 minute walk at lunchtime for example it might be that you commit to going to the gym three times a week um, it might be that you do five minutes of yoga when you get off the bike right. <laughs> um, and so when I'm working with individuals I really try and encourage them to think about specific actions that they okay. can implement and that's one of the key key areas yeah um, you've just spoken a little bit around putting an action plan in place there. So often people don't think about the process that they need to put in place to, to change their behaviour and create that healthy habit. As you said, what, like when are you going to go for a run? Who are you going to go with? Are you going to go at, at six o'clock on a Tuesday and a Thursday? Putting in that action plan actually really helps us to, to stick to a goal um, and helps us to sort of create a process goal rather than just an outcome goal okay. of losing yeah. weight. Yeah. So how can you also go about setting a goal that isn't too ambitious, that's the right goal for us individually? Mm. Yeah, I think it's a really important um, point that you make there, Tina, because I think often enough it's easy to think about, right, well, I'm going to run five days a week. I want to hit this hard. I want to do it. But we know that actually that's a real challenge. You know, it takes quite a lot of effort to implement new habits and a lot of willpower as well. And with everything that every day you know day-to-day chucks at us it's very difficult to have that amount of willpower to achieve so it's much better to think about something small that you can absolutely implement to start with because it will give you the confidence then to to build that up further Um, and you know Lauren mentioned around the the action planning 
it's actually really hard work to create a good action plan. You really need to, you know, the devil's in the detail, as they say. You really need to think about what am I going to do? When am I going to do it? Who am I going to do it with? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really, really important. And, you know, often to say, well, I'm just going to do it isn't going to cut the mustard. So when you're sitting with an individual in in a healthcare setting, how do you help people set goals for their health and well-being? Um, Well I tend to use a very um, collaborative approach Um, so the approach that I tend to take to my conversations is much more led by the individual that I'm talking to so it's really important to me that they understand what motivates them to make the change. Um, You know I I obviously want them to make a change so they can help to improve their their health and well-being but ultimately that's down to the individual so people are much more likely to, to be successful if it's a goal which is important to them and equally they've come up with the solutions as well so you know to start with in a conversation I might find out you know what the reasons are they want to make a change and then really understand well what what are the barriers why haven't you made that change Mm -hmm. to start with and then we can really start to think about the solutions which is where the action planning comes into play okay So let's be realistic and talk about what we should do if we end up falling off the wagon. I understand that Bupa has done some research into goal setting, which found that only 3% of people who focused on giving up smoking were successful in achieving this goal. I would like to say now that I have been successful in giving up smoking, so it is possible. But it was hard and I fell off the wagon quite a lot during that process that's one of the reasons that I find it um, really precious that I've managed to stop so um, I just want to get your um, steer on what people can do to bounce back from those situations where you think you're making progress with a goal and then you suddenly realise that you're back at square one. Yeah, so I think um, probably the most important tip I would say here, Tina, is a bit of self-compassion. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's it's really hard to make changes and yeah. meaningful changes. So, I mean, massive congratulations on, on your big change there. But I think, you know, from talking from experience, I know a particular gentleman that I worked with, um, you know, he had made massive progress progress towards his weight loss goal doing really really well with his exercise um, and then he went through a really tough time involved in a legal battle there was lots of going on in terms of you know external issues it meant that his exercise dropped off he did gain a few pounds and historically when he'd lost weight that would have been it for him you know he would have been right back to square one put on two stone but actually what he decided at that point was you know I'm going to give myself a break this has been a big part of my life Mm -hmm. which I've had no control control over but I'm going to draw a line under it and so yes he gained a few more pounds but then he was actually able to get back on track and it was purely the simplicity of being kind to himself and allowing himself to do that yeah so that's probably my biggest top tip yeah. there. Lauren, is there anything that you would suggest for helping people to bounce back or get back on track having fallen off the wagon? Yeah, I think um, one thing for me is that, I mean, you gave the example of giving up uh, smoking, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Um, and probably something that happened to you is that your identity changed during that time. So you were a smoker. And now in that time, you now became a non-smoker. That's true, yes. So by shifting the way that you see yourself, that's a really good way to kind of keep that motivation up in a way. Mm -hmm. It's becoming, oh, I I, I never run, I don't run, to actually now I run twice a week. It's just 
changing that identity and sort of thinking about yourself in a different way. Right. Yeah, I, I also think, Tina, it's important as well to um, reevaluate your motivation. Um, you know, if you if you have fallen off the wagon, um, you know, as we've said, be okay with that, draw a line, but then reevaluate, well, what's my motivation now? And maybe that motivation the second time of trying is different to the first. Right. But that really doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, you know, health for a lot of people isn't a motivator, interestingly. So, you know, quite often what I'll explore with people, well, that's okay okay that health's not a motivator but yeah. what is going to motivate you yeah. um, and that really helps to bring that in a desire it could be fitting into a, a, a dress for example right. it could be being there to be with your grandchildren uh-huh. you know 50 years down the line and <laughs> um, so whatever it is it's important to think about that and yeah. remind yourself of it Lauren what about the idea of motivation being intrinsic or extrinsic is there any theory behind behavioral science that can um, help us in terms of looking at motivation Mm. yeah it's a really good point so uh, intrinsic motivation is something that um we're motivated by the thing that we're doing um intrinsically so internally and we enjoy it we find it satisfying we will be more motivated to do something that we find intrinsically motivating extrinsic on the other hand might be something like um trying to fit into a wedding dress or you know something that's external to you that mm-hmm. you're aiming to get to um it could also be something like money having a money monetary reward yeah that's an extrinsic motivation as well so typically in the research we do see that if you're intrinsically motivated you're more likely to be successful right mm-hmm. i've got a good little example to share with you okay. there, actually <clears throat> and this was actually um a family member of mine so um, I'm you know I'm, I'm really good coaching at work but I'm not so good at doing that with family members I tend to tell them a lot more what to do and hope they're <laughs> going to do it um, which doesn't really tend to work so I harped on for ages at this family member of um, drinking more water because it's really important for you must drink more must drink more um, but you know it fell on deaf ears um, and then actually um, this member of my family decided to make a change um, because he was supporting another member of our family um, and what he noticed was he felt completely different after drinking water he was sleeping better right um he felt a lot more energetic through the day and so that's a good example there of intrinsic motivation and it wasn't until he felt those changes himself that he really then built that in as part of a habit so i think that's a nice little example there of intrinsic motivation would your top tips be for people who are wanting to set goals that are going to be realistic and achievable and that are going to help take them towards healthier life choices and lifestyles Mm -hmm. good question so i've got three tips for you here um my tip number one is always choose one goal and make that goal really simple so people who try and accomplish more than one goal at one time are less likely to succeed because they're not putting as much effort into that one goal as they could they're trying to split Mm -hmm. their effort across a few different goals so that's that's my number one tip to make a goal sustainable is always choose one goal um secondly choose a goal that matters to you so really ask yourself why are you setting that goal Uh what's important about it to you and if you can't come up with a good answer then it's probably not the right goal for you and you might want to think about what else am i what are my other priorities in life so is it my health is it my family 
family? Is it my work? Yeah. Uh, things like that. So pick one goal that matters to you, particularly because the best type of motivation is intrinsic motivation. Uh-huh. And that's something that comes from within us. And then thirdly, build that goal into your life and right. make it habitual, make it an mm-hmm. automatic kind of behavior that you're doing. It will take a bit of time for that behavior to become ingrained into our daily routine. So you'll need to repeat that mm-hmm. over and over until it becomes automatic. So it's like brushing our teeth. It's not really something we have to think about anymore. But at one point back in our in our childhood, we would have been told over and over, make sure you brush your teeth Wait, when you wake up, when you go to bed. Um, in the same way that we have to keep mm-hmm. reminding ourselves that, oh, today I must go for a run or on Thursday I must go for a run. If, you, if you're setting those reminders and building it into your life, it's much easier to then make that a healthy habit and keep it sustainable, really. Leah, perhaps you can tell us a little bit about why, when we're trying to reach goals, particularly relating to health, why tomorrow always seems particularly compelling. I'll stop tomorrow or I'll start again tomorrow. Why is that the case? Yeah, interesting and so true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there is a a theory behind it. And and, uh, Lauren will, will certainly know this from behavioral science, but it's called the intention action gap. So we tend to think of our future selves as somebody else. So the person and um, that person tomorrow is going to be experiencing the pain of having to do or achieve that right. goal. So, you know, it's them that will be eating the lettuce leaf. It's <laughs> them that won't be having their cigarette. Whereas today we still get to enjoy that. Um, so there is a psychological theory behind it. Um, and I actually find that when I'm working with individuals, sharing the rationale behind these thoughts and feelings that we have is really, really powerful. Yeah. Because I think when you have an understanding of it, it's a lot easier to think about, right, well, I know that's a thing. So what strategies can okay. I use to help me over? come that yeah um, so we've talked a lot about goal setting and action planning and those are, are two really good strategies which can help us to overcome the intention action gap um, I don't know if you want to add anything on that Lauren from a behavioral insights perspective nailed it <laughs> <laughs> okay so the secret to success seems to be setting the right goals and specifically choosing one goal and keeping it simple doing something that matters to you personally and then making it automatic and it also sounds to me like another key to success is around being honest with oneself about mm-hmm. um, about just taking that next little bit of action required yeah absolutely I think it's being honest about your barriers as well yeah um, you know we don't all think in the same way we don't have the same barriers they'll be different for one individual compared to another so it actually take some time to sit down write down what your barriers are and then you'll be in a much better place to yeah. think about what are the solutions to move forward the other thing that I've been struck by um, Leah is is the idea of self-compassion mm-hmm. change is difficult mm-hmm. it's not an easy thing to um, implement some of the actions needed to reach those goals absolutely um, I'd say that's a really key part and actually probably something which is, is quite difficult to do so um, yeah absolutely self-compassion my number one tip Lauren have you got any suggestions as to how people can have the right mindset in order to set goals and achieve those goals I think being positive um, and also realistic is a really important point to think about so there's always going to be ups and downs and there'll always be things that crop up and barriers that come into our lives even though if if we've got that action plan in place there will be things whether it's work or family or anything that, that comes up so thinking about it as a journey rather than just trying to achieve that end goal is really important is there anything that you've read recently that you feel would be a good source of information 
Yeah, I think there's lots of resources out there which could be really useful. Um, a good starting point is always going on to um, TED Talks and watching some of those videos on there. There's a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear which is gives some good tips into how, how you can create uh, healthy habits. Speaking to people is always a great option as well, just learning about the challenges and how they overcame their barriers. And finally, I'd probably recommend going to our Booper website and looking at the health content um, pages that are on there. And Leah, would you have any practical tips for people? Yeah, I think that's, I guess that's where the self-compassion comes in as well. So as Lauren said, there's always going to be spanner in the works. So thinking around um, that journey and what that journey looks like is important. One of the things we talk about with the action planning is if-then plans. So you can think about that as an individual before mm-hmm. it crops up. So if this situation arises, then mean, I will do this. You mean difficult situations? Yes, exactly. Okay. But it could be on a day-to-day. So it could be, for example, that um, you've been trying to reduce your alcohol consumption um, but you know when you come to go out with your mates in the pub that's a really difficult situation for you so if you think about that situation before it arises so when I get to the pub I know my mates will offer me a drink so I'm going to do this instead and this part will be very individual to you and it's Mm -hmm. important that that comes from the individual as well Um, so that's where problem solving is a really useful technique to use alongside the action planning. So if it is an individual journey Mm -hmm. what might be the role of other people in supporting change and reaching goals yeah really really important social support um, is a really really useful technique to support you in achieving your goals so it might be for example that you tell someone what your goal is Um, it might be um, that you um, ask a friend to to be a bit of a coach for you so if you get a difficult situation you want to chat something through or you feel like your motivation is waning see if you can call on that person right. who could be your support some of the um, the data that we've seen is that individuals that have chosen to take follow-up coaching calls are more likely to be successful in achieving those goals okay. so i guess those follow-up calls are a way of monitoring progress against your goals how important is that um it's a big part of it okay Um, you know monitoring allows us to see well you know what we thought we've achieved is that actually what we've achieved um so it might be someone's step counter for example um or it might be marking on a calendar every time you've gone for a run right um it could be monitoring your weight every week so there's lots of different ways you can monitor but we know it's a really important part of achieving um the goals that we want to achieve and it helps us to reevaluate as well because once you've achieved that goal well where do you go to next so that's what the monitoring helps to bring in yeah lauren anything from your perspective on monitoring progress yeah i think monitoring is a really key one actually and particularly when if you're marking something off on a calendar and you get a few marks off in a line that's really motivating for us we just want to keep going and keep going and get as many marks off as we can so i think monitoring and actually being able to see your progress um is really really important So to wrap up, we've talked about setting goals, how to go about setting goals. We've talked about um, how to avoid falling off the wagon and um, how to bounce back if and when we do. We've also talked about the importance of self-compassion and um, monitoring progress along the way. So just before we close, I wanted to ask whether you had any final tips for people on setting and achieving goals Leah yeah so I think for me Tina it's all about the small changes um you know small changes can bring um really important long-term benefits to our health and our happiness so even if your goal initially is to get off the bus stop one stop earlier Uh so you've got a five minute extra long walk into work start there um and that's really important for building confidence as well great thank you Lauren 
Yeah, my final takeaway point would be that there's no shame in changing the goal if it's not working for you. As long as you're trying something, that's all that matters. It's not an all or nothing kind of approach. Just give something a go. Great. Well, thank you both for your time. It's been really fascinating. And I know that there are some tips there that I will implement in my own life. So thank (laughs) you very much indeed. Um, If you're interested in learning more about successful goal setting, Bupa has lots of other information on the subject. And you can find that by searching for Booper Successful Goal Setting. Thanks for listening to our latest episode on goal setting and falling off the wagon. And please do subscribe to the Healthy Me podcast if you'd like to hear more episodes in this series.